Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, says this. Birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Merry Christmas. It is always a special day when Christmas falls on Sunday, and we just hope you are so enjoying your holiday celebrations. Of course, there are many reasons to enjoy the holidays and to enjoy Christmas. I mean, there's the joy we experience when we hear sentimental songs and watch sentimental movies like White Christmas and Die Hard. And we we experience so many more parties than normal. I mean, who doesn't enjoy a good party? Or two? Or three? Or four? Every once in a while. And the older we get, it's the joy of having our kids and our grandkids home. It gets rarer and rarer to have the whole family together at once, and so we enjoy that. And for the younger adults and the younger couples, it's the joy of being able to go home and see family and see old friends and make new memories. And of course, there's the giving and receiving of gifts. At the same time, however, we realize the holidays can bring added stress. One poll says 80% of respondents ranked the holidays as somewhat or very stressful. And apparently, those who study such things say when compared to other stressors, the holidays ranks right up there with asking your boss for a raise. Researchers say one of the reasons we feel extra stress during the holidays is because we just do too much. We have too much on our plates. And while doing more than normal energizes us, doing much more than normal leaves us feeling frazzled rather than fulfilled. Another reason we feel stressed is because we overindulge. We eat more than normal. We drink more than normal. We spend more than normal. And there's debt and there's weight gain and sometimes embarrassing behavior are consequences of indulgence. Yet another reason we stress is because, at least for some of us, we spend too much time together. Now, more time together is a good thing. 
too much time together takes us out of our normal rhythms and our normal routines. And sometimes when that happens, we emotionally regress to child patterns. For instance, here in Florida, I'm a pastor and I'm a church leader. I'm an advisor. I'm a counselor. I'm even a public figure. But when I go back home to Oklahoma, I'm just a little brother and a big brother. And after a few days, I start acting like one. (laughs) For some of us, there's just too much time together, and that's a stressor. But for others, we spend too much time alone. Maybe your kids and your grandkids are gone. Maybe your spouse has passed away. Maybe you feel more alone than ever at the holidays, and that can be depressing. There are lots of practical ways that you can address the holiday stress. Healthline.com says we can combat the feelings of holiday stress by spending, uh, setting a spending budget, by getting plenty of exercise, by keeping our celebration simple, by taking time for ourselves, and by picking our battles well. But what I want to do today is I want to share with you some biblical ways to combat the holiday stress as we wrap up our season of Advent on this very special Christmas Sunday. And so our text for today is found in Philippians chapter four, and we're gonna be looking at verses four through nine, and they tell us very practically, very specifically, how to combat anxiety and how to experience peace and joy and hope, not only today, not only during the holidays, but every day. And that brings us to our big idea for today. And our big idea for today is all about gratitude. Here's the idea. In this insanely busy holiday season, we can find joy by fixing our thoughts on God and on the good in our lives. ...of the book of Philippians that, that we might be surrounded by difficult things, frustrating things, even grievous things, but we can battle those things with a spirit of Gratitude, and and that is a truth, and that's not just a spiritual truth, that's actually a scientific truth. You want that off there? That's all right. You on? Okay. It wants. He wants me to preach while he's messing with my belt back there. That's not easy. (laughs) And he says, Merry Christmas. Same thing with this one? All right. Are we going to have to do that again? (laughs) Testing one. I'm here? All right. I never know if what I'm hearing on stage is what you guys are hearing in the audience, so I was just gonna keep on preaching. But let's go back to the big idea. Uh, The big idea is all about gratitude. Here's the big idea. In this insanely busy holiday season, we can find joy by fixing our thoughts on God and on the good things in our lives. And that is the closing message of the book of Philippians, that we might be surrounded by difficult things. We might be surrounded by frustrating things, even grievous things, but we can battle those things with a spirit of gratitude. And as I mentioned, that's not just a spiritual truth, that's a scientific truth. According to psychology today, there are scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. 
Gratitude improves physical and psychological health. Gratitude increases mental strength. Gratitude even helps you sleep better, and studies have proven this. And so it really is true. Gratitude is a key to joy. Now, I want you to remember the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippian church is all about joy. It's about the joy we have in Jesus. That's the theme of the letter. And the reason Paul could write this joy-filled letter is because he had so much gratitude, so much thankfulness for God and for Jesus, so much gratitude in his heart. Despite prison, you remember he wrote this letter from prison, despite prison and persecution and potential execution, Paul found joy because he was such a thankful person. And so in Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine, he concludes the letter like this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. And these are incredible verses. In fact, they're some of the the, the verses in the Bible that are my go-to verses. Some of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. They're so helpful. They're so inspirational. They're so practical. Paul doesn't just tell us to rejoice in the Lord, but he tells us how to rejoice in the Lord no matter what. And so the question we want to answer this morning is how do we rejoice in the Lord no matter what? And here's the answer in a sentence. When you're anxious, pray to God, praise God, think positive, and practice the presence of God. Let's just break that down as we walk through Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. Here's how to rejoice in the Lord always. Number one, when you're anxious, pray. When you are feeling anxiety, go to God in prayer. Unfortunately, this is often the opposite of our normal experience. I mean, what do we normally do when we're anxious? We, we normally, we, we rehearse the reasons we're anxious over and over again in our minds. We might even call and complain to our friends of all the reasons we're anxious. Or sometimes we try to cope with our anxiety by eating empty calories or binge watching whole seasons of some television show or numbing our feelings with unhealthy habits or substances. Oftentimes the last thing we do when we're anxious is pray. But God wants our anxiety to lead us to prayer and the apostle Paul tells us to pray and so when we are anxious we should pray. In Philippians 4, 4 through 6, Paul says, "Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here Paul says, he says, whatever you're going through, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter, whatever you're going through, rejoice in the Lord. 
And we, and we read that, and it's easy to think, well, that's easier said than done, and Paul anticipates that, and so he tells us how to rejoice in the Lord. In every situation, including those of anxiety, he says in verse 6, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And the word anxious here means to be full of concerns that distract the mind. It's the idea of being so overwhelmed by the weight of the world that you cannot function properly. Anxiety is worry to the point of dysfunction. And so Paul says in every situation, including those situations of anxiety, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. When you're anxious, what do you do? When you're anxious, you pray. But Paul also says in verse 6, he says, we do it with thanksgiving. We don't just pray, but we pray with gratitude. Well, what does that mean? Well, this is, um, I, I, th- I think this is really cool, but the biblical word for thanksgiving, the biblical word for gratitude is actually the Greek word Eucharist. And the Greek word Eucharist could be literally translated as, I have grace. When we pray with thanksgiving, what we're doing is we're praying with the realization that we have God's grace in our lives, that we have God's grace covering over our lives, that we have God's grace all in and all around our lives. Like, like we might be praying and we might know we don't even deserve what we're asking God to do. And we might think, you know, based on what I've done, it's not even fair that I'm asking God to do that. And we might even think that our, our sin would hinder our prayers, but we realize we have grace. And so we pray it anyway. When you're anxious, pray. That's the first thing. Number two, when you're anxious, praise. Again, verse six says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And and I just love the tension between the words anxiety and the the word thanksgiving in this one verse. Anxiety means to have concerns while thanksgiving means to have grace. If anxiety is to be filled with worry, then thanksgiving is to be filled with worship. And so here's Paul's advice. When you're worried, start to worship. Let me say that again. When you're worried, Start to worship. Worry puts our eyes on this world. Worship puts our eyes on God. Worry puts our hearts on our problems. Worship puts our heart on our solution. Worry puts our minds on our struggles. Worship puts our minds on our salvation. Worry causes us to forget God. Worship reminds us of God's presence. When you're worried, start to worship. Number three. When you're anxious, think about the good in your life. Think about the good. Think positive. And for, and for all you cynics and all you skeptics, this isn't some self-help advice. I'm not a self-help guy. And yet something I have learned in this life is this. What you constantly tell yourself is what you believe about yourself. What you constantly tell yourself about yourself is what you believe about yourself. When you rehearse in your mind, what you rehearse in your mind is what you believe in your heart. And so it follows, you can change the way you feel 
by changing what you think about. I mean, if you're always telling yourself, well, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, don't be surprised if you're not happy. If you're always saying, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm sick of everything, don't be surprised if you're always sick and tired. If you're always focusing on on your problems instead of your blessings, don't be surprised when your heart and your mind and your soul are filled with dread. If you're always saying, well, my husband's a bum and my wife's a jerk and my parents are mean and my friends are flaky and my kids never come and see me, don't be surprised if you get to feeling down. And listen, I am sure there are times when your husband is a bum and your wife is a jerk and your parents are mean and your friends are flaky. People are a mixed bag, right? The truth is we can be all those things sometimes. I mean, I can get frustrated when my wife doesn't fill up her gas and she drives on empty which she has not done in a few years, by the way. Or I can be thankful that she's a great mom and a fun person and a graceful wife and a faithful friend. I mean, what am I gonna do? Think about the negative or the positive? Well, it depends. If I wanna feel bad, I'll think about the negative. If I wanna feel good and hopeful, I'll focus on the positive. I've just come to believe, if we're really being honest, we kind of like the way it feels when we're being negative. And so we make that choice. But Paul tells us to make another choice. In Philippians 4, 8, Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And when you're anxious and you rehearse all the reasons you're anxious, you just become more anxious when you're anxious and you rehearse all your blessings. It soothes your anxiety and it begins to heal your heart and mind. So when you're anxious, think about the good in your life. Number four, when you're anxious, practice the presence of God. In Philippians 4, 4, Paul says, the Lord is near. In Philippians 4, 9, Paul concludes, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, whatever you have seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now, now what had the Philippian church learned from Paul? Well, they learned all about Jesus from Paul. He had come into their city. He had started preaching the gospel. He led people to faith in Jesus. He started a church. They, they learned about Jesus from Paul but they also learned about joy from Paul. In the past few weeks, we've been learning about joy from Paul, and we've discovered this word joy. It's the, the feeling of delight, of, of gladness, of eager anticipation. We talked about that, that not in the stomach feeling we get. Maybe, maybe it's the feeling your children got as they got out of bed this morning and saw the lit Christmas tree with the gifts, anticipating opening those gifts. The Greek word indicates the the feeling we get when we haven't, or we're about to see a loved one we haven't seen in a while. We've also learned it's more than a feeling, it's a state of being. We've discovered that joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God 
in all things. And so they, they learned about Jesus from Paul and then they learned about joy from Paul. And Paul says, whatever you learn from me, put it into practice. And then Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. And I want you just to let that sink in, that reality, that truth, sink in for a minute. The God of peace will be with us. Paul is saying, God is with us. Us. And of course, that is the, the message of Christmas. It's that God became one of us through Jesus and God is still with us through his Holy Spirit. God is with us. That is the message of the gospel. That is the message of Christianity, that God became one of us for a time and now God dwells with us forever, that God has not ignored us, abandoned us, or turned his back on us. Emmanuel means God is with us. When we gather together to worship, God is with us. We go into our closet to pray, God is with us. When we when we watch a loved one pass away, God is with us. When we lose our battles and give in to our failures, God is still with us. When we win our battles and we overcome our temptations, God is with us. In our best moments and in our worst moments, God is with us. When we open presents this morning, God was with us right here, right now. God is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. Whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, even when you run away, God is there calling you back to him. God is with us. God is always there. And that can be so encouraging when we're all alone. And it can be so convicting when we're running from him. When you're anxious, practice the presence of God. Remember, God is there. The God of peace is there. And because the God of peace is there, the peace of God can be there as well. When you're anxious, you pray. When you're anxious, you praise. When you're anxious, you think about the good in your life. When you're anxious, you practice the presence of God, knowing he is there. And here's the promise. The peace of God will be with you. Pray, praise, think about the good, practice the presence of God, and the peace of God will be with you. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We can experience the peace of God because God is with us. That's the message of Paul in the book of Philippians. And that's the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent your one and only son. That whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for sending him to draw us back to you and to save us. Thank you for loving us that much. In the awesome name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.